Listening Dog Media. The Hot Mess Mum. The mum most likely to send her kids to school in regular clothes on non-school uniform day. The mum who forgets to sign the permission slip for school trips. The mum who has probably put leftovers in her kids' lunchbox on more than one occasion. But most importantly, the Hot Mess Mum is actually rocking it and is doing a far better job than even she thinks. Please welcome our Hot Mess Mums, telling it as it is, Kelly and Cherie. It's the Hot Mess Mums Club podcast. I'm Kelly Pegg. And I'm Cherie Murphy. And we have a very special guest today, the lovely Sarah from Teach to Sleep. Hello, Sarah. Hello. So, um, Cherie obviously has four children. I've got two. So we both know a lot about um, sleepless nights. And you've got two. You've brought with you today, Ivy and George, as well. Um, but you're, you're a qualified, certified sleep expert with infants. Yes, that's right. Yeah, so I qualified uh, only recently, so about six months ago. Um, and what that brought uh, came about was the four-month sleep regression, which you may be familiar with. Oh, all of it. <laughs> I don't know that my little boys ever slept properly, but yet there are different stages, aren't there? Yeah. You know, where they... Yeah. Yeah. Um, and four months has always been the worst for both of mine. Uh, so first of all, Ivy, uh, she went through the sleep uh, four-month sleep regression, but I just... She never slept well, so she slept every two hours and I fed. And we kind of, you know, we were getting by and I was enjoying myself. Hit the four months and it was every 45 minutes. Wow. I was just, I just, I can't cope with this. Um, and so I did do the control crying. I just, I, it was awful. It was horrendous. But I just, I didn't know what else to do. Uh, came to my son, so it was 18 months apart and got to the same thing, four months. And I just thought, I can't do this anymore. So I thought, you know, I've got back kind of teaching. Um, I did it as a bit of a kind of, gimmick I thought this is never really going to take off I'm going to try and be a sleep consultant so I did some training um loved it and then I had my own little case study uh, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing it worked so you, I, your you background think... is teaching yeah so I've been a primary school teacher um for over eight years and I'm a lecturer in primary education so 15 years in education it's just it's something that I really enjoy doing but I I suppose I didn't really think that it would work I just thought you know people have a sleep consultant um it's all I don't know um but it, it does actually work so you decided to become a sleep nurse expert. Yeah, um, and so I suppose, first of all, I just wanted to make sure that I could do it, that it was going to have an impact. So I started with friends. Um, I've got a lot of friends who've got kids the same age, so I had a lot of people who were kind of happy for me to experiment with them, and that seemed to work. And then I sort of started doing friends of friends, um, and I did a lot of different ages, because I thought also I want to make sure that it's not just a particular age group that I can help. Um, And it all seemed to work. I mean, some people, it will be really quick, and it's kind of a few days, a week or two. Some people, it takes a lot longer, so especially if they're older, it might take a few months but it tends, we always seem to get, you know, somewhere that's a lot more positive than where we started. Um, and also, I'm very much about working with particular family needs. So, you know, if they've got more than one child, thinking about how they can do a bedtime routine. Um, so I've helped a lot of kind of parents who have had children close together and who've struggled with that, how, how to look after both of them at the same time and ensure their sleep needs are met. And that's worked really well. Um, it is. You hear, you know, parents say, and it's so true, that being sleep de- deprived, there is nothing worse. Like, I think you get home with a newborn and you're so in love with them that for the first week or so, it's absolutely fine 
that you're all, you know, you're, they're up in the night and you're just in this bubble and it's wonderful. And then there comes a cut-off line where everybody needs their sleep and a bit of a better routine again. And getting that can be quite hard. And I think people tear their hair out. I, I know I was there with my son where we were just at the end of our tether and didn't know what to do with him. And we went down the controlled crying route and we'd been advised by our health visitor to consider that. <laughs> I know, that's what you were thinking. I think he thought the same, George. I don't think he was impressed either. Um, but she suggested it and my husband and I kept saying, God, can we do this? Like, we're not ready. We can't leave him to cry. We can't. And then it got to the point where we, we kind of felt like we had no choice. And literally, it was two nights and then he was done. But it, it, it hasn't worked long term. He's not a great sleeper. So parents get in that, that thing to the end of their tether where they don't know what to do. So what would be um, maybe the first steps, you know, for a routine with a, with a baby and getting them in so, to um, think about? Yeah, I mean, in terms, in terms of kind of routine... It's okay, it's fine. Yeah, it's no problem. Have you got something to say? What do you like to say about routines? So in terms of babies, it's a really kind of short, simple routine. Um, so, you know, starting off just by actually getting a bedtime. So that doesn't really happen um, until about four or five months. It's sort of when their sleepy hormones kick in and they start producing melatonin, which is gets them ready to go to sleep. And the idea is then that you have a little routine, so it might be five minutes. It could be something like a quick bath um, or a massage, a little story um, or a song, and then it's kind of going down into their cot. And the thing about a bedtime routine is, one, it's consistency is the most important thing. Um, and then it's just the idea that you're setting them up for going to sleep, so they're getting into that kind of mm. frame of mind. Um, and I was thinking about this recently because I my kind of wild nights are going out a lot, long over. But, we were uh, saying that actually, Sarah, just before you got here. Yeah, we were. We were saying that we couldn't think of anything worse than going out, especially like being out after nine p.m. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't be bothered. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but if you so if I go out for dinner, I've noticed now if I go out for dinner and then I come home, you know, I don't know, ten, eleven o'clock, I'm kind of wired and I can't. It's, it's you need to go through a process to actually get yourself ready to go to sleep. And I think a lot of that is it's very simple things, but it's actually working out what is right for your child, your baby, getting the right time, and then saying, okay, we're going to do this, this, and this, and this is going to signal that you're getting ready to go to bed. Um, and we're going to keep on doing it. So actually, you know what comes next. And it's that consistency, predictability. You know, toddlers work, they, they, they love things being predictable because they know what ha- is going to happen. It's yeah. comforting, isn't them. it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They feel secure. Um, and, you know, the older they get, the more they can kind of be a part of that. They can choose what is part of their bedtime routine. You can change it. You know, it doesn't have to be a story. If that doesn't work for them. <laughs> or a bath. You know, some, some yeah. children, a bath is really relaxing. Others, it, it just completely winds them up. So mm. then don't do it. There's no kind of set thing that you must do in a routine. But there are a few things that are really helpful to signal that actually it's coming. You know, you're getting ready for sleep. I mean, everyone says when you have children, you know, routine is key. And that, yeah. you know, kids, yeah. like you just said, you know, once they do know the routine and it just becomes part of life. But there are some people that I suppose if you're working full time, you're getting in late and then you're having dinner late and then you just yes. want to rush the kids to bed and then it... They're up and down. I know I've been when I've worked full time and, you know, I've had toddlers and you put them down into bed and then they're back down the stairs, put them back up to bed, back down the stairs. You know, it's that thing. And you're just like, oh, I just want you to go to sleep. Or some people that don't have time to do 
that whole nighttime routine with, you know, reading a story. I suppose, like, some parents, if they have been out at work all day... I don't know, everyone's different, aren't they? Yeah, I, I think that's, that's a common uh, kind of issue, is that um, if you're working later, um, it's that you've got a very short window, so you're kind of rushing, you're getting home, you've got to get into bed. So sometimes, the kind of thing that I might suggest is... Um, just having a slightly shorter routine, um, but it being really special time. Yeah. So if you can, like, have everything prepared. So it might not be you're doing a bath, but you've got their pyjamas at the ready. It's a really lovely time. So you sit in the bedroom, you, they choose a story, and it's quality time, but not trying to drag out that time. So if you feel like you've been at work and you haven't seen them, it's much, much better to wait until you have got the weekend or whenever it is you're, you're kind of not working because otherwise what happens, they just get overtired. So then your time with them becomes actually just, they're sleep deprived and they're, they're not having... And they're stressed out time. and it's, yeah, and then you become even more stressed out. Yeah, and, and then what yeah. you think is going to be a great time turns out just being a load of tantrums or crying and actually there's no point. And here we are. <laughs> <laughs> when um, you're uh, helping people... Uh, and they're contacting you about looking at hiring you, what's the most common sort of problem they'll say to you first? Nine times out of ten. One of them would be... I say around toddlers, it's normally going to bed. That's probably the most common issue. They don't want to go to bed. It becomes this big kind of bedtime battle. Um, and then once they go to bed, they're calling out every few minutes. It's the wake-ups. Um, and then babies, it's, it's the kind of getting into... Uh, the routine, the habit of sleeping through, so dropping those night feeds. You know, when it's when it's become that actually they're not hungry, it's, it's the settling and helping them settle. So if you're feeding to sleep, either bottle or breast, it's, what else do I do? So when you know that actually they're not hungry, but it's hang, what do I do? Do I suddenly? And that's the difficult thing, is because that's when people go to the crying. And the issue with the controlled crying is, like you said... Oh, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking, but it's also you've then got no other strategy. So when they cry, even if you know that they might need to cry for five minutes, they'll go to sleep. But you then going in to comfort them then really stresses them out because you've started the controlled crying. So it's kind of a slippery slope. Um, And you really, I think, like, you've got to be... We never did that with my daughter, but she was a much different sleeper to Heath. But we just got to the end of the... We tried everything with him, driving him around in the car at midnight. Which is ridiculous, it was, isn't it? Yeah, it was so bad. And then this last night, I remember my husband t- t- took him out in the car. He'd gone to sleep in the car. As soon as he lifted him out of the car seat, about 11 o'clock at night it was, he brought him in, he woke up, and he just started smiling, and he wanted to go down and start running around. I remember Chris saying this is it now, this is the night, this is going to be the one where we do the control crime. He's going down, I can't do it anymore, I can't get my eyes open. Yeah. And it wasn't very long with him, but he's he wakes up in the night now, I, he's up at 4am, wired, like ready to go. And I, I don't mind, like, I'll put him in my bed and think, oh, we'll snuggle with me. I did it this morning, he just kicks me in my ribs and, and shakes us until we get up. You know, he's like attacking us, get out of the bed, I want to get up and go. So he's just... I don't know, really. I mean, I I suppose, what is that about? You know, when kids, you put them down, and if he goes down at a quiet... What time does he go down? He has a shower. He likes showers at the minute, not baths. So he has his shower about six, and then he has his sort of um, in-the-night garden, and then bedtime's at seven, and we do three stories with him. Um, and then he has a night light. And he'll go down then, but it's in the night where he'll wake sometimes. And he'll have milk. He will have... And yeah. Is it a common... Is it a particular time? Are they similar times? Can it vary? It can vary from anything from 11 to sort of 3 or 4 in the morning. And so he, does he have milk <laughs> Gosh, each time? <laughs> um, 
Yeah, he'll always drink. Yeah. He's a bit of a piggy, so he'll have whatever, you know. Yeah. But, like, this morning he wasn't bothered, because I put him in the bed with me, thinking I'll get him back to six. My daughter's already in the bed. We won't even talk about that one. <laughs> she's six, and she sleeps in the middle of our bed. But she's, so she sort of, so she co-sleep well, as in you all generally sleep well together? Um, well, <laughs> I don't know. She starfishes and takes it all. She, Does she start in her own bed? She... Uh, yeah, she was uh, she was fine. Um, what happened was I ended up working away from home in the week okay. when she was coming up to two, and she started to sleep funny then. So my husband put her in the bed with him. Not that I'm blaming him, but then it started this whole thing of her never wanting to be in her own bed. Do you so, know what? Sorry, I wrote a post recently on my Instagram because my husband's dream is for us to all sleep in the same bed. <laughs> I don't think it's my husband. <laughs> Honestly, it is. And so whenever I go away, I always say. You know, I'm really, I say I'm really worried. If I come back, I'm just going to find them in bed. It's going to be Because honestly, he, he loves the idea of that. But yeah. Those snuggles are lovely, but it's when you're really tired, isn't it? And you just want to And I think as well, once they start school and stuff like that, you yeah. just kind of want that routine where, yeah, you know, you get sleep, they get enough sleep so yeah. they can function properly yeah, yeah. in the day. Because I find with mine, my youngest is seven. And I mean, they've all sort of been slightly bad sleepers, but she would do anything to get into our bed, anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think she's number four. So I'm, we asked, in some ways we are strict and she has to go up, you know, we put her down in her own bed. But I'm quite happy if she sneaks in in the night because it is the cuddles because I know yeah. she's the last one. Yeah. Yeah. But I suppose when you have got more than one and you're, you're getting broken sleep, yeah, it's, it's, it's awful and it catches up on you and then you start to feel a bit low in, in yourself. You know, yeah, it's when it makes you feel tired. poorly, isn't it? I yeah. think it's when people like you, Sarah, yeah. are so important because... Well, yeah, because I think with the sleep deprivation is so you you start to lose your confidence. I find in everything, so you start to question everything you're doing. I feel like your kind of confidence just generally goes down because you're just struggling to function. So then the idea of trying to solve a problem is just it's often just too much because you're just coping with getting through. Yeah. So you, that's that's all you can do at that time. Um, so I think sometimes you know it is really helpful to have another set of eyes. Um, to kind of look at everything, and I think that's the most important thing. So I'm a kind of holistic uh, sleep consultant, so I look at uh, things like eating, I look at the whole family routine, um, and look at what would work. So if I'm going to make suggestions, I always say um, to have a look. I'd come up with a plan, but I'd say read that really carefully, and there may be things that I think that's not going to work for my family because I work later or whatever it is, yeah. and so then we would tweak it around that. Um, I felt terrible the other day. I can't remember who I was talking to who said that if you um, leave them to cry, they're likely to have anxiety issues as they get older. And when um, Chris and I were sitting having dinner, I told him and he went, oh, here we go. And I said, yeah, but it's still bothering me. And he went, we only did it twice with him and it was like a year ago. What's wrong with you? You know, but you hear things from people and all of a sudden you think, oh my God, but we did that. Very, Does that mean, in terms you know, of control... And he is very clingy, so... Well, in, just to put your mind at ease, because control crying, in terms of the studies, they haven't, they kind of haven't been able to conclusively say either way. Yeah. So they're not able to say, definitely don't do it and it can cause these problems. Um, you know, and if you think about it, if you're in a long car journey and they're crying and they're screaming... Which you can't often, get out. There's nothing you can no, do. Nothing. It just happens. Um, and they're not going to be you know have anxiety issues from that journey um and it's kind of the same i think with control crying i think you know ideally you wouldn't have to do it if you do have to do it um and then they've learned how to sleep 
you know, you've got you've got to a sleep goal. Um, if you haven't got to there. that sleep goal, <laughs> then it means that actually, well, do you know what? There are loads of other techniques that you can try. Um, I think in terms of you know us feeling guilty as parents, so much guilt around everything. So do you think um, stuff like you were saying awake time during the day and what they eat? That's all a massive. Um, yeah, you know, that contributes to how they sleep at night. Yeah, so t- kind of top tips, awake times, especially for babies. So having a general idea of when they should, how long they should be awake for is really helpful. I mean, you know your own baby and you'll see the signs. Um, and I always say go with that if you feel like they're tired. But if you're thinking, oh, they should be awake for kind of two, three hours and you notice they're showing signs of being tired half, half an hour, I would just say, you know, push on through, go outside, do something different and then use those guidelines with the kind of sleep signals. Um, other things that are really important is uh, the sleep kind of um, environment in the bedroom. So having it really, really dark. Uh, that's really important for early wake-ups. Uh, any kind of light that seeps in sets off the cortisol. Would a nightlight do that? Because we have a nightlife in, in his room, so he wakes up and he's got that. Is it stay on all that? night? Yeah. Oh, I'll switch it off then. Yeah. Great. So, okay, that's going, that's going that's right now. No more 4am alarm. That is one little quick fix, definitely. Right. So any form of light, down. unless it's red light. No light. Um, yeah. Things like, um, I'm a big fan of white noise. The important thing about it is that you have it on the whole time. So the idea with a sleep environment is that when you're putting a baby down or a, a little one to sleep, as they fall asleep, everything is exactly the same as when they wake up, so that they kind of don't feel anxious, so there's a chance they may just wake up and think, oh, the noise is the same, it's the same kind of temperature, looks the same, I'm going to go back to sleep. So some people will advise having the sound machine on just for the beginning, but the problem with that is if you wake up, it's different. So I'd say have it on the whole time. Um, So that's really important if you're buying a sound machine, because lots of them just do a timer. Okay. So that's a kind of good thing to think about. Um, temperature is the other one, so you know it being about 16 um, to 20 degrees. If, if they're at the age where they're in a cover, it's kind of trying to make sure um, that they've got a you know, decent-sized cover so that their limbs aren't out and getting cold. Otherwise, it's using something like a grow bag. We had to give up grow bags from, I think it was 15 months or maybe earlier, because we realised that Ivy was waking up at about 4am because she, she loves her um, she calls it her buddy it's her belly button and so oh, she really? plays she with her belly button and she can get she to get it. it we couldn't realise then we were like oh well, that was simple but yeah <laughs> so that was a lucky one um, so light temperature noise you know all really good ones to think about in terms of bedroom a lot of people go for these night lights where they've kind of got shows you know yeah. I mean that's a it's a no no because it can um, again it gets the cortisol going and they think it's time to wake up you have one of them simulating, for Taylor and he didn't sleep in his own bed until he was nearly six <laughs> music and everything I thought it was lovely it looked lovely and I thought he hated yeah. sleeping on his own so we did everything like that you know got all the the lights and this that and the other yeah and he would never stay in his bed probably once it went off he probably thought oh, sod that I'm going into my mum and dad's bed <laughs> oh god yeah but you do and I think you, people sell these things What's it's like yeah. lullabies yeah. and all that yeah. stuff yeah yeah, yeah. Um, oh wow the other one is if you know if they don't like staying in their own bed is things like uh, comforter. So from six months, you know, introducing the little ones with a blanket, mm. um, a teddy, and then when they get older, it's actually about talking to them about it. So you know, if you're wake, if they're waking up in the night, it's talking to them about things like. Um, so when you wake up, you know, what do you do? So with Ivy, we talk a lot about um, her bunny. So when George was born, she started to wake up about four or five, 
And so then um, we introduced her Bunny and we say, you know, Bunny, Bunny's really struggling to get back to sleep. You know, what, what should you do for Bunny? And she's like, oh, you know, give Bunny a cuddle. And so really that's enough for her now. If she wakes up, she'll just cuddle her bunny. It's the same for him. He's got a comforter. But with these things, you have to really, really um, persevere. So baby-wise, comforter, it will take them a long time to get into one. Um, Toddlers, it's really kind of... It's the role play and getting them into it, so getting them really excited about it, getting them to talk to you about what the issue is. You know, so they'll come up with loads of things like, "Oh, Bunny's got a tummy ache, and the Bunny needs to go to the toilet." You know, so then you have to steer them round. No, Bunny doesn't need to go to the toilet. <laughs> well, Bunny, Bunny needs, needs a to little stay in his bed. <laughs> Bunny needs a little right now. <laughs> Close his eyes. <laughs> Bunny never needs to get out. <laughs> oh, beautiful! It all makes sense. It's such yes. simple information, That's you know. It, it yeah. is. And I think sometimes, like you were saying, we do overcomplicate things yeah, because you stress about it. Yeah. And like you said, it's about you know not having enough sleep and how can you solve anything when you're completely mm. tired and everything just seems that it's not going your way. Yeah. So and it is really simple advice. Um, is there anything like you know when they're um, uh, newborns and things that you you shouldn't do before you look at the routine? You know, like um, with my with my son, I was very I had him. A, on me all the time I would have him in bed with me where I'd sit up with pillows and he would sleep on me and I would just doze but sort of be awake yeah he was constantly with me really which I really loved but everybody always says you're going to make a rod for your own back you need to put him down you need to stop things like that can so you, that's does actually, that contribute to bad sleeping or the well, things you, that you, you were doing the perfect thing <laughs> because oh, okay. actually um, you know oh good I shall tell my yes, mother-in-law that it. and my nan <laughs> yeah. was telling me give yeah. me lectures about I that I mean that generation in particular because that's what they were taught I think yeah. but um, yeah, yeah all the kind of the science behind it and the evidence is that though it's the fourth trimester so they've come out of your womb everything's completely alien to them you know mm. the noise the light yeah. they're not used to being you know the food everything is there so actually the more you comfort them should help in terms of sleep okay. it's then the next step that's often the tricky one so that the, there's the fourth trimester it's actually just you know kind of comforting them as much as possible making them feel secure safe um it's i mean there's that thing if you if they always sleep on you they're always going to want to sleep on you now yeah. that's not an issue until it becomes an issue for you so if they sleep on you they're happily sleeping you're happily sleeping fine at some point you'll you'll probably want to change that and then it's how you go about doing that yeah so it's introducing things um that you are happy to do that they kind of respond well to do so babies you know it might be a bit of a patting but it's always sort of putting those things together with happy time. So it could be your breastfeeding and then your patting, because that's for them is comfort and happiness. Um, so that eventually all they'll need is just the pat, because you've introduced that at the same time. It's things like when you introduce a comforter, it's doing it when you're feeding or when they're kind of having their happy time or they're having their milk. Um, if you want to kind of think about things like you don't want to co-sleep anymore, and it, it's completely age kind of dependent. Um, the way you might do that is, uh, so to start off, if they're old enough, you start talking to them about it. So really kind of preparing them. I'd say that really with, with any age, especially the parents, is getting your head around it first. So never just start doing a plan or just go, right, I'm just going to do this. So really, really think about what it is you're going to do, how you're going to do it. Um, from kind of 18 months it's talking to them about it explaining what's going to happen even if they don't understand everything they will get something from it Um, it's maybe doing it gradually so it might be that um, say they've never slept in their bed before it might be that they sleep in their bed for the first I don't know hour that's a success and you'd really really praise them for that Um, and then it would be uh, kind of you know I'm a big one for I suppose either bribery you can call it or rewards (laughs) and uh, 
So, you know, I might say, so if I was waking up early, we use the grow clock. And so I would say to her, you know, oh, if you wake up when you see the sun, then you can choose your breakfast, you know, or you can, you can listen to a song during breakfast. And, you know, at her age, she'll really respond to that because she really understands yeah. it. So things like co-sleeping, if you're going to change things, it's getting them on board with it, really, and making it something really exciting. So perhaps it's you doing something with their beds that they're excited with. They've got a special teddy that goes in there. They've got a grow clock, something in their bedroom. They think, oh, this is really exciting. And then it's you really rewarding any kind of progress. And that's sometimes really hard for parents to see because they might, they might think, a oh, one hour in a bed, that's nothing. Well, actually, it's, that's massive if they've never slept in their yeah. bed before. Yeah, perhaps. yeah, um, yes. You know, for, for both for everybody um, and they you know all babies and children respond really well to praise so it's that sort of thing just kind of keeping it keeping more it bribery. consistent one of the other yeah. 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 both <laughs> and more I love it I love a good bribe oh. <laughs> so really for anyone who is sort of struggling at any stage there is always hope like you say it is perseverance it can take a while and it can be quite difficult yeah. but there's always depending everyone's got their own sort of personal lifestyle if you like yeah. it's just about finding the routine that fits in with you and your, your little ones exactly. to get that sort of perfect sleep balance yeah and you might I think if you try something always give it like four days to a week you know really give it a good go and then if it hasn't worked try something different there are so many different things you can try um, but give it a chance you know because you're not go- it's unlikely you'll see anything immediate um, but you will start to see little things um, and then you'll know that you're on the right track and it'll sort of fit together I mean, the Ivy now, so for her nap um, and bedtime, she'll say, is it night-night time? Is it nap time? She just, she will love it because that's what we've kind of, we've been about. We spent a lot of time doing it. It's something really positive, but also I can't cope without sleep. I just, I can't do it. She's yeah. very like me as well. So she is a massive tantrumer. Huge, huge. She's tired. Yeah. <coughs> uh, any, any, anything really. But, but tiredness makes it much, much worse. And yeah. I, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't cope with that. Um, and so in some ways, you know, sometimes we're limited because I know that I have to get sleep in. Like today I thought if I don't get one in, it's just going to be disastrous. Yeah. Um, but for me, that's worth it. So I'll, if I'm going to see somebody, I'll make sure that I kind of can get a nap in in the car at some point or we can do it in the pram or we, you know, yeah. it doesn't matter. As long just as know she needs it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like our seven-year-old, if we pick her up from school, she's not so bad now. Um, she's getting a little bit older, but if she fell asleep in the car for five minutes or she closed her eyes for two minutes, and then you realise, you know, oh my gosh, she's going to sleep. She would not go down at 7.30 at all. Yeah. And she would be bouncing around the house from that tiny little icon. Like power she's got power, power. power. Yeah. yeah, and it would be an absolute nightmare. So we'd have to do everything in the car. Like either if it was me and my husband in the car, one of us would have to sit in the back to make sure that she doesn't fall asleep. So wait, yeah. Or if it's just me and her in the car. The window's down. The window's down, down yeah. the music up loud, and yeah. she's like trying to fall. And it is a nightmare because I know I'm going to be in for hell yeah. that evening. Exactly. Um, but then also she was very much the same if she didn't get her sleep during the day. Like she liked her naps. Yeah. Um, and it's also when when to stop that. What age do you think is a good age to stop the napping in the day? So age-wise, so that can... Oh, lovely. <laughs> um, so that can stop... I mean, anything from a year and a half to, like, up to four years. So it's very much dependent on the child. But you'll start to see things like... If they were going down easily for a nap and then not wanting to go down for a nap... You have got very dirty hands. Oh, she's so cute. <laughs> um, but, I mean, saying that, if you suddenly notice that your child doesn't want to go for a nap, I wouldn't just say suddenly drop it. You might want to think about cutting it. You might want to think about getting it more in the, in the middle of the day is the ideal time. If you think they might be getting on for cutting a nap... Um, 
have it a little bit later in the afternoon but start cutting it so they might only have half an hour yeah um if you notice that they were going to bed before but then they don't want to go to bed then it's probably likely that they're getting ready to cut their nap yeah and i'd, I'd always say cut it before get rid of it yeah um, <laughs> does he uh, nap quite a lot in the day? He or? does, but because I've always let him sleep on me, um, the only ways he doesn't go down on his own cot in the day, he'll go down on me and my husband on the sofa, yeah. and he'll curl up on our chest, or we take him out in the pushchair or in the car. And on ideally, it's around half past 11, but there have been times where the little bugger is like fought through and gone down at three and we've had to like make sure he's awake before four because yeah. he won't go down at night yeah but most yeah. of the time it is pretty routine yeah but if he won't go down on us then we'll take him out in the fresh air put him in the push chair and he'll go around half 11 so does he so he sleeps on you if he's if you're there sort of in the house yeah and at night time does he fall asleep on you or no he, he does go in the cot so he goes yeah. down by himself yes um, and what is, does he need anything to go to sleep on a night? No, he just sometimes he takes his milk with him. Yeah. Sometimes he'll want his drink and he'll cuddle his drink all night. Yeah. Um, just three stories and he's gone. Okay. No. So um, one thing I would say, but it's, it's really only if you were kind of happy to do it, would be thinking about having that day nap, having it in his cot. And the reason I say that is because of consistency. So if you think, if you're, if it's that actually you, you're enjoying him sleeping on you, then I'd say just don't, don't change it. But if, if you're at a point where you're ready for things to change, it's the first thing I'd look at. And I would look at kind of um, mirroring your bedtime routine with your nap routine. So ideally, your uh, daytime nap routine is kind of five minutes of your bedtime routine. Mm-hmm. So if nighttime you were doing, say, be- uh, bath, stories song and down you might just do one story song and in your cot okay if that makes sense yes yeah yeah because we're looking at putting him in nursery just two days a week and one of the first things i said was who's he going to sleep on yeah and my father-in-law said well he'll probably have a little bed like they have little beds for them he'll be fine but i was because my daughter went down in the cot in the day yeah same um dolly used to go down in the cot um taylor our first we didn't have a clue what we were doing we did everything wrong um he would nap wherever he wanted to nap whatever time he wanted to nap at night time he had about four bottles in his head (laughs) throw it out and we're like geez i forget another one and like you know then his nappy would be wet we did everything wrong with our first it was the worst so then when ruby came along the routine was so strict you know she went down in her cot for a nap she went down in her cot for a sleep we had blooming the older one in bed with us and the baby was in the cot it was just ridiculous should have been the other way around so we just kind of learnt from all those mistakes that we made yeah. because we couldn't get him out of any of these terrible habits that we'd put him in it was our fault well, and I think the thing is that's it's it's not wrong unless it's wrong for you because yeah. you know some people would be really happy with that and, and some mm. actually love their children sleeping on them so yeah. there's no which is yeah, really lovely yeah. but at the same time I just thought I've you got so much to do yeah. I've got it's when to do. you need to go out isn't it yeah or, or you've got like a load of iron to do or you've got to go to work yeah. and it's just like this is not working yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was yeah. getting stressed out yeah. so yeah it is hard coming back to nursery is you might be really surprised because you never know with 
kind of babies and, and little ones, if they're with somebody else, they tend to react very differently. And also, you mean they behave? <laughs> <laughs> they don't run circles around them. Um, I mean, the thing is, when they see lots of children together, they tend to follow suit for a start. Mm. And they look around, and they're a bit like, doesn't matter how young they are, they're like, oh, hang on a minute, everybody's lying down here and going to sleep. There's nobody here to play around with or have fun, you know, because they're, they're sleeping. The other thing is, so at home, he always goes to sleep, George, on his front. Um, and now she keeps sending me pictures. He's on his back. You know, he hasn't even got his comforter. And I'm like, what's going on? But they just do different things. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they get into a different environment. They're like, oh, this is how it is here. And they just follow it. Or if somebody else is looking after them, like, oh, this person puts me down in the cot. This person puts, puts me in a cushion. This is what happens because it's consistent. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't worry too much about nursery. Um, I mean, things that will help if you are going for it is... is the daytime. I might try yeah. that. He headbutts things, which concerns me. And when he wakes up in the morning um, to let Chris and I know he's awake, he starts headbutting his cot. There's like chips of paint that's come off it. He's, when he gets angry, yeah. if he wants you to pick him up and you can't right at that very second, if your hands fall, he will just headbutt the floor. He's it's because he knows he's going to get a reaction yeah, from you. Temperature. They're very clever. Yes. <laughs> so, but I mean, I could definitely we could try that and see where we go with the story and put the blind down as if it was nighttime, but yeah. make it shorter. Yeah, and I think um, just you. So you keep trying, and there will be certain things that you will see that actually he reacts well to. So it might be one you're saying to him, okay, so today when you go for your nap, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do story, song, and then you're going to go down. And you're going to sleep in your cot, and if you wake up, remember you've got Teddy or Bunny. Whatever it is, yeah. you know, keep and keep talking about that. And then as soon as he, he goes down, so even if he sort of lies down and he doesn't even sleep, big praise, you know, oh, well done, you're in your cot, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, ideally he would do a bit of sleep and over the next few days it might get longer and longer. You keep that kind of oh, praise up and you keep the fact, well, look, Bunny's had a great sleep, you know, look like, what a yeah. great mood Bunny is in because he had a sleep in his cot, you know, all that sort of stuff. And they can they can get really into it, you know, they'll do some role play and they'll be like, oh, look, you know, Mommy, um, Bunny's snoring on the floor, he's not supposed to be on the floor, you know, supposed to be in the cot. They come up with some really fun stuff and actually it's, it's nice rather than being like, this is, yeah. this it's must change. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I don't do that enough because I'm quite straight and not yeah. very... And also, like, you've got so much to do and you haven't you got your don't think about it. Oh, yeah, do you? No. No. I should. Well, no, it's it's not, a nice also, idea. I don't think necessarily people always think about sleep and play. You know, no, you sleep, don't. a bit like panic, but we must change yeah. things. Well, you just think, get down and please just go to sleep. Close <laughs> <laughs> your eyes. And where's the gym? Get me out of here. It's been lovely talking to you, Sarah. Thank you. And, and I love the fact that it's... Your approach and your ideas are so not... They're not preachy but no. they're very all open and I think that's what I'm very simple yeah, mums yeah. Need and easy that. to understand and, dads, yeah. and I think yeah. you'll be a great help to a lot of our listeners yes. thank it's been you. lovely having you on you can follow Sarah at teach to sleep on Instagram as well um, thank you very much thank you thank you thank you, thank you, thank you Ivy and George right on please.